Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. I am super excited about our guest today. She is a dear friend of mine for, I would say, probably a couple of years now. Uh, We've not met in person, but on social media and over Zoom. Her name is Shay Collier, and she is the sweetest girl ever. And so before I bring her on, we are talking about breastfeeding, mama stuff, and just all things related to uh, nursing and struggles. So if you can relate, you'll definitely want to stay tuned to the episode. And so before I bring Shay on, let me give you a little bit of her background. Shay is a certified lactation counselor who empowers new moms to bond with their babies through breastfeeding by giving them the tools they really need to navigate the physical challenges and emotional struggles. Having experience as a pediatric ICU nurse, Shay thought breastfeeding her own children would be relatively easy and would come naturally. When she left the hospital with cracked and bleeding nipples after receiving help from lactation specialists, she knew something wasn't right and needed the best help she could find. Thanks to her breastfeeding mindset and incredible lactation consultant, she overcame many obstacles in her breastfeeding journey and was able to breastfeed both girls until at least two years old. Please welcome Shay Collier to the podcast. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today and to speak to your listeners about this. Yes, this is exciting. This is a newer um, venture when we first met and uh, we met back almost a year and a half ago or so, two years Uh, ago. 2020? 2020. What year is it now? <laughs> yeah, we were we met in uh, shout out to Whitney Abraham, whoop whoop, um, in her program, and we've just been friends ever since, and it's been so great, and the power of social media and virtual friendship. Yes, agreed. Yes, and so uh, I wanted to have Shay on because I think that this is a huge topic. But before we dive into everything, I'm going to ask you an icebreaker question. Okay, I'm ready. I think. <laughs> And that is, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Okay. All right. It's both. So my favorite cookie is an Oreo. Not, it's got to be, I think they're called like marshmallow. They almost taste like s'mores Oreos. And my memory related to Oreos is that when I was in high school and I was super active, I could eat a pack of Oreos a week. I don't do that anymore. Goodness. (laughs) I was like an Oreo addict, but now I just have them occasionally. And I love some Oreo ice cream. And oh, cookies Oreos. and cream ice cream is awesome. Yeah, so did you exactly. eat Oreos? I, I asked this to anyone that says Oreos is, do you eat them like sushi where you stick it the whole thing in your mouth? Or do you like have a process where you open them up and do the thing? I just, I just bite them. I need the cookie and the cream in one bite together. I don't, but yeah. I can't, I don't want to put the whole thing in my mouth. <laughs> I need to enjoy it a little bit more than that. Instead of inhaling them like sushi. Like I do that with the Girl Scout cookies, like the peanut butter patties. I don't even bite. I'm like, no, just put the whole thing in there. Just why not? So, um, no, Oreos are awesome. I, um, and the little mini ones, forget it. Mm, Yeah. Now those, like I'll I'll take down a pack of those. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. And then they've got all sorts of flavors now. I think they've got, I think I tried the coffee ones. Those are pretty good. Mm. Coffee flavored. Anything is my jam. Mm. So, I mean, that's true. Hashtag mom life. Yes, I know. Right. But then you got like the classic Oreo can't, can't beat it. So, true. well, thank you. So before we get into everything, let's give a little bit about you. So you have two kids and your mom. So tell us a little bit about like where you live and your family and, uh, we'll start there. Okay. So we live in Northeast Georgia. It's really pretty. It's pretty peaceful up here, kind of in our own bubble, kind of what I like to say. And I have a five-year-old and an almost three-year-old. She'll be three in a couple of weeks. We just can't even believe it. I mean, you know how it is like time flies. Oh yeah. You're having fun. And when you have a lot of things going on. Um, And so I used to be a pediatric ICU nurse. I I still am a nurse, which is a blessing by the way, Eliana was in the NICU and y'all like the nurses there are just incredible, incredible. Yeah. Special person in the NICU for sure. It, um, it definitely takes like a special person to be patient enough, not only with the kids, but also with their parents and I'm a parent. So I feel like I can say that. (laughs) Um, and also my mom is a nurse and she specializes in taking care of like old people, nursing homes and stuff like that. And we always joke about how different we are because she'll say, I can never take care of kids. And I'll say, I can never take care of old people. (laughs) And they're kind of the same because they're still the same. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) They do always end up in diapers again. (laughs) That's right. It's just a full circle. Full circle and need, need help it being fed sometimes. It is what it is. That's circle true. of life. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So um I did nursing for quite a few years and I loved it. I was very passionate about it. And you know, without going into like all the details, I just felt like I needed to take a step back. Um, not necessarily from like the patient load, because I loved my patients, even though they were in critical care. Um, I just I needed to take a step back and spend more time with my family. And so when my first daughter was nine months old, I decided to become a stay-at-home mom. And any of the stay-at-home moms listening, they, I'm sure that they can relate. <clears throat> when, when I first became a stay-at-home mom, there was like this honeymoon period. And I loved it. And I just thought everything was going to be like roses and rainbows. And I was going to have more time for like everything. More time for me, more time for my marriage, more time for my kid, more time for my friends, like all of that. It doesn't work like that when you become a stay-at-home mom. It just, you know, everything just kind of piles up and I don't know, it just doesn't go Almost the way more work to stay home than go work exactly, somewhere exactly, else. Exactly, exactly. And so we did that, you know, I did that for a while, stay-at-home mom and, you know, I I don't regret it. I would never change it. I'm very blessed that I even had the chance to do that. And then got pregnant, had my second daughter in 2019. And I started suffering from postpartum anxiety, like major. And I just, I had no idea. And it wasn't until we really started struggling in our marriage that I realized like, I'm not this is not me. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I was angry. I was irritable. I was tired all the time. I had zero motivation. I mean, I just, I felt really lazy and I just didn't feel like myself. And in 2020, a couple months before, probably like three months before you and I met, um, we went through 
a huge thing in our marriage and we were like, it's marriage counseling or nothing. Mm. So we were fortunate enough to get back into marriage counseling. This was actually our second time in marriage counseling, which it's okay. We, yeah. We, New we, things we, come we, up. We, hey, no shame, exactly. right? That game. You have to, at exactly. least you're doing the work. Yeah, exactly. And so we, uh, we got marriage counseling again. And there is where I really discovered that I had postpartum anxiety and she Just something got you also don't hear a lot about you hear more no. about the postpartum depression. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and, and it also is interesting because I've never really identified myself as having mental, mental health struggles or anxiety of any type. Um, there was one time along the, the way several years ago, a therapist mentioned, maybe I had generalized anxiety disorder, but I was like, well, I don't know about that. And I just kind of kept doing life and it just kind of all compounded on, on me and on our marriage. And so, um, we ended up in marriage counseling Then I got a therapist that actually specializes in postpartum anxiety. And to this day, she is still my therapist and without her and all the work that I've done and all the things that I've been through with her, I mean, I wouldn't be able to be here with you today, like talking about any of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm so thankful that there are resources out there. And, you know, for anyone who is listening that, you know, even thinks that they're struggling with this, you know, it's okay to go get help and it's okay to work on yourself and it's okay to have the support. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that we acknowledge that enough. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. I think it's because it, it, we always want to just well, we're shameful, right? That's usually why we mm-hmm. don't like to talk about it because it's shame. Like we are ashamed of it and to be okay with it and take the shame out of it and just accept that the more you do talk about it. I mean, we have had this conversation before we jumped on, like the more you talk about something, you never know who's going to relate to it or who it's helped or how they can say, well, I've struggled with that, or I'm struggling with that now, or they know someone. So asking for help, it just makes it real. And it's not a shame, but it gives it life. So it's like, okay, it's a thing. It's not just you. And it, it's one of those steps that you have to take and getting help. Shoot. I go to, I got two therapists. So I got therapists, my kids are in therapy. <laughs> I think therapy is great uh-huh. because it's a, it's a third party unrelated perspective. Your parents, your best friends even are not therapists someone that just can tell you how it is without, I mean, maybe you could, you know, they could do, they could do it nicely. They could just be giving you some tough love, but it's not like they have any skin in the game when it comes to that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think therapy is huge and talking about it's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. and taking that first step. I mean, I'm working through that now, my, like personally. So if you are struggling with that, I've never heard post, uh, Postpartum anxiety. That was a that's a new one for me. Yeah, yeah. There's there's postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. Um, I'm that's not my zone of genius. Yeah, that's right. Not my expertise, but um, but that's interesting. Is- so if you um had any of those symptoms too, and you think maybe it's not depression, it could be that. I mean, I also got uh, diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder as well, and probably tra- um due to trauma or stress, but um everyone's got anxiety. I think I, I acknowledge I have anxiety. Um, I do. And I see it at my kids and I'm like, Oh, that's my fault. (laughs) That's a gene again for me. So let's not make it worse. Um, so 
you, um, left the nursing world and came a stay at home mom. And so starting your own business, like you and I met in a business program. And so at the mm-hmm. time you were doing, uh, MIG, which, mm-hmm. um, if you're not familiar with me, I, I wasn't either until I met Shay, to be honest, and met some <laughs> lo- lovely ladies from that, from that group as well. Um, so talk about that journey. Yeah. So <clears throat> as I was a stay-at-home mom and struggling and trying to figure out what to do, and we've gotten in therapy and all this stuff, um, a very good friend of mine came to me one day talking about she joined this social selling company. Well, <clears throat> you know, if you, <laughs> for anyone listening, you know, with social selling, network marketing, direct sales, and you're like, well, you know, whatever, you have all these negative things about it. Don't worry, I did too. And, but she came to me, this is so funny that I even remember these details. She came to me on a Friday and by Sunday, I had had such a push from God to join this company, which I've never done anything like that before. I've never had this push. Like it was just this constant voice that was like, you need to keep looking into this. you got to do this. Like, this is where you're supposed to be. And I'm like, this, this makes zero sense. Like none of that. Anyways. So I did, I joined the social selling company. I made even more great friends. I'm so fortunate to have met people like you along the journey. And it's been incredible. And without me joining that social selling company, um, I would probably still be struggling again, you know, like it's another thing. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here talking to you today about any of these things. Um, and when I joined that, I didn't, I didn't know anything about business. I mean, I have a nursing background, like hospital takes care of all that. You know, I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't yeah. deal with any of the business stuff. So then I discovered like business coaching. That's a thing. I had no, <laughs> had no idea. <laughs> And so, like you said, shout out to Whitney Abraham, like just incredible helping me kickstart my business journey of, you know, here I am a year and a half later. Um, So yeah, I just kind of went down the business path and working with MIG, it's, you know, natural products and, you know, very, very clean ingredients, which I'm very interested in, which totally aligned with me um, and the journey that I had been on with my daughter, this is kind of a little side story when she was just like two weeks old, her skin started breaking out and I couldn't figure out why this is my first kid, you know, yeah, I'm a pediatric ICU nurse, but I don't deal with rashes. Like, you know, if, if your kid's like real sick, I can help you with that. But if you have like rashes or like very minor things, uh, go see your pediatrician for that. I'm not sure. <laughs> right, right. Go, go and ask your dermatologist. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, anyways, we, we started doing some research and all this other stuff. And so <clears throat> I discovered it was actually a lotion that was marketed for babies that was breaking her out. And mm. I was in shock. I couldn't even believe it. And then when I started like looking at ingredients, I'm like, what is all of this stuff? Like, what am I even putting on my kid? Like, what am I putting on my brand new baby? And so that's kind of what led me into this social selling company, you know, with these natural products and all that stuff. And so I'm, I'm on this journey of figuring out business and all these things. Well, I, I get into like this other business coaching type thing. And this question was, you know, brought up to me, what is it that you really want? Like, 
what is your dream job? And I thought nursing was my dream job. And it was for a while. And I don't, I don't discount my nursing journey. I'm so thankful for it. I appreciate all the experiences that I ever had with that. And I was like, I've always wanted to be a lactation consultant. Like that is my dream. I cannot wait for the day that I can help moms with breastfeeding. And a little bit of that backstory is <clears throat> when my daughter was born, like you said um, in the intro, I left the hospital after three or four days with cracked and bleeding nipples, despite seeing a lactation specialist every single day in the hospital. And they kept saying to me like, oh, everything's fine. It'll get better. I'm like, but why does this hurt? Why am I crying when my baby wants to feed every time? Mm -hmm. why I don't remember how my... much it hurt. It hurt. I always just say, give it two weeks and like, let it get Cause that's what it was for me two weeks, but it hurts a lot when you first start, it's yeah. just, can't explain it. And if you could, and I usually will tell my friends, like who knew moms, like if you can make it two weeks, then you, you're good. You're good. Like it just, because it yeah. does. So that's, you know, you give up early or it hurts and yeah, cracked and bleeding. Yeah. That's not fun. Well, here's the thing. And, and I was under this impression too, even as a pediatric ICU nurse, like I, I thought I was just going to be able to pop the baby on the boob and everything was going to mm -hmm. be okay. And we were just going to have breast milk galore and <laughs> all that stuff. But here's the thing is that in our society, we moms are taught that pain's okay pain is actually not okay. It's, it's not normal. And you, sh you really should go get support from a professional. Again, you know, kind of goes along the lines of the counseling and the therapy that we were talking about. Like it's, it's okay for moms to go get support. And so what happened after we left the hospital is that I called, um, I called our doula cause I had had a natural birth. I called our doula and I was like, I can't take this anymore. I don't know what to do, but I can't take this. And she was like, call the citation consultant. You'll be in great hands. We'll get it taken care of. So I did. I called her and this lady was like a godsend. Like I, and in fact, she's who um, encouraged me and gave me even the idea to become a lactation consultant. So we went through all the things with our lactation consultant. We had, um, we had quite a few challenges with tongue ties and lip ties. We had to get some craniosacral therapy, which I like to call that like baby massage. And it kind of <laughs> looks like, it kind of looks like she's not doing anything to the baby, but in fact, it's amazing. And side note, I even had my own craniosacral therapy um, massage. I said that in air quotes um, <laughs> two months ago. And when I, when I got done, I was like, I felt like I was just in like a deep meditative state. It was one of the most relaxing things that I've ever done. Massages are great, but there's something about craniosacral therapy that is just like totally different. It just really gets in touch with like your nervous system and your muscles and it's incredible. Anyway, so I don't want to get off on that tangent. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited to like learn more about that, but anyways, so we, we go through all this, you know, with the cracked and bleeding nipples, the tongue tie, the lip tie, needing craniosacral therapy, needing chiropractic, like all these appointments, all these things. I was very determined that breastfeeding was going to work for us because it felt like such a natural thing. And I'm like, I, I don't understand like 
why we're having so many struggles and and just working through all that. <clears throat> so I was very determined. We did in fact get through all of that thankfully with the guidance of our lactation consultant. And I was able to breastfeed her until she was two years old, basically until I got pregnant with my other daughter. And then once you get pregnant, your milk kind of changes again. Like if, if you're still breastfeeding, your right. milk changes again. And so we just both kind of mutually weaned and that was okay. I mean, that was like an incredible breastfeeding journey. So then my second daughter, you know, we get pregnant with my second daughter and I was like, you know what? I do not want to go through all that again. So we're just going to go ahead and call the lactation consultant. So I did, I called Anne and I let her know. And she's, she's so sweet. I, I wish everybody could meet Anne and I aspire to be like Anne one day as she's like this older lady. She's I don't know, in her seventies now, now she's retired, but I'm so fortunate that I still have her beside me as one of my mentors. Um, <clears throat> everybody needs an Anne in their life. So uh, um, I mean, if you know what you're doing, cause I mean, when you have a lactation consultant, like <clears throat> you're having, whether you have one kid or five kids, every child is different. Every experience yes. is different. Every pregnancy is different. Every delivery is different. Every kid will nurse differently. And so it's always like a first time. And so, you know, how are we expected to know what to do, especially if you're first time mom, maybe you didn't nurse the first one and you want to try the second. I mean, I nursed mine. I was blessed to be able to nurse mine for almost for pretty much a year, give or take a month or two, depending on who it was. Like my youngest broke my heart when he just weaned early. He did everything early. He wanted to eat food earlier, broke my heart, <laughs> but Hey, it is what it is. Cause it's a bonding thing. And it was for me, but I had friends that didn't, or just exclusively pumped, whatever's right for you, but don't expect to come out as a brand new mom and know what to do or the exactly. baby knowing what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, it is, it really is the mom, especially as a first time mom, the mom and the baby are both learning how to do this thing that we as society think is just supposed to be so natural they both have to learn how to breastfeed you've got to learn what's comfortable for you what pillow to to use what position does baby like how do you get a deep lap? I like the football like, hold to stay in I like the yeah. football hold. I've learned about the football hold in the NICU for with Eliana mm -hmm. yeah. my second one I didn't, I was like, how, you want me to hold her? How like, <laughs> and the burping method too, when you turn them over and you hold them by the face. And I'm like, what am I doing to this child? Like, it looks like yeah. a rat, but hey, it'd be every, it was actually much easier and much more comfortable. But if you don't know, you just see the traditional cradle or what, what exactly. not, you know, <clears throat> exactly. No, that's exactly it. Cradle hold. Cradle hold is great. And that's like you said, the traditional position where they're like their heads in the crook of our arm, but as a brand new baby, and here's like a little, I don't want to say pro tip, but it kind of is because a lot of people don't know this. When you're doing cradle and their head is in like the crook of your arm, that puts a lot of pressure on the back of their head. Well, if you're trying to get a deep latch, think about, and I'm going to try to create this visual, think about for a second as we're going to take a sip of water, even, even out of a straw, out of a cup, we, we tilt our head back a little bit and that allows us to maybe I'm going to exaggerate it a little bit, but hopefully you get the point. Um, that allows us to open up our mouths wider so we can take that big gulp of liquid. Well, if you're putting pressure on the back of your head and your head's being pushed down and you try to open your mouth wide enough, you can't do it. I mean, it's- Yeah, your airway's eyes open. 
Exactly. And so you can't, you can't, um, this doesn't, when there's pressure on the back of the baby's head, this doesn't allow the baby's uh, mouth to open up wide enough and you don't get a deep enough latch. Well, it's called breastfeeding, not nipple feeding. And if you can't get a deep enough latch, then the baby is only going to feed on your nipple, which is going to create the cracked, the bleeding nipples, the pain, you know, lots of other things. Yeah, I don't want to go into like all, yeah. the, <laughs> all the things because the list could just go on. But um, yeah, so that's why it's called breastfeeding because you really want to get, it's their chin goes into the breast first and the nipple should be the last thing that goes into their mouth. And you want to get it far enough back in their mouth where it's not between, like right behind their gums, like the hard palate, you want it far enough back to the soft palate so that you don't get nipple damage. <clears throat> and so that's why getting a deep latch is so important. And a lot of times cradle hold is not ideal for a brand new baby. A few weeks old, once you've kind of gotten the hang of breastfeeding, it's great. It becomes much more comfortable and much easier, but that's why football hold and then what we call cross cradle, where if they're feeding on your left breast, your mm -hmm. right arm is what is supporting them. But again, you don't put your hand on the back of their head. You kind of support them like around their neck and the base of their skull right? Um, so that they can get that deep latch. So that's why in the NICU, you know, they said try football hold because those NICU babies, they work really hard to breastfeed and that makes it easier for them to get a deep latch. For sure. And I remember yeah. just, it, you know, it it's painful because it's also new and you have to like rough them up a little bit, but because if you're not used to having, I don't know, less things going on down there, I don't know, maybe, or I, I was nursing and pumping after because of the NICU situation. And so there's just a lot of action going on. Down there. Mm -hmm. uh -huh, so, uh -huh. um, it's definitely not for everyone, but it, it was very important to me. Like after my third baby, um, four months after I had my back surgery and, uh, I was four months postpartum and I was still nursing. And I was like, if I can't nurse, I'm not having my back surgery. I will put it off until the summer. And I was in so much pain, but I'm like, if I can't nurse, cause I'm going to be on these medications and I'm going to be away from him for a couple of days, then I'm not doing it. And so they brought me a, a breast pump after my back surgery. So I pumped while I was there. They gave me, you know, instructions on medication before or after you, you nurse. And so I was able to continue on, but it was extremely important to me. And so don't just give up because it's painful. You should look for someone to help. Like they have lactation specialists coming through the hospitals asking, I had a really big golf ball under my armpit when I raised it. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like get some ice on that. I'm like, Oh, it's fine. I just need a nurse and it'll go down. They're like, no, yeah. that's not okay. Like, and so I was like, Oh, so they, to me it hurt, but then I nursed and it went away because you have breast tissue that goes into your, into your armpits too. And so you learn a lot from a specialist and they'll give you all For the sure. things. And, um, so I, I, if you're nursing or thinking about nursing or having a problem, like, again, don't, don't be shy and ask for help. Um, Absolutely. so with your lactation, uh, services and things like that, do you have programs that you help moms with and, um, how, how are you, um, helping moms now with being a lactation consultant yourself? Absolutely. So I actually, because I feel so strongly about moms getting breastfeeding support early on, 
um, with, and maybe I finished the story or maybe I didn't, I can't even remember now. Um, (laughs) Mom brain. (laughs) Um, You know, with my second daughter, we called the lactation consultant before we had her so that I could, you know, so I had all that set up. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that was, it was a completely different um, breastfeeding story and we still had struggles, but it was so much easier to work through them. So because I feel very passionate about that and because a lot of moms don't know that it's okay to actually get breastfeeding support while you're still pregnant, um, that, and it also helps you build that relationship with your lactation specialist so that you kind of get to know them before you have the baby because if you guys don't vibe real well, then you can go find someone else. Like that's it's also okay. a very personal thing. You're like all up in each other's business, right? You're just exactly, all up in there. Exactly. <laughs> they're they're yes. grabbing yes. you. They're moving it. Yes. Like- yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yep. So, so that really helps you, um, you know, build that relationship. And I think that's so important. So I actually created a four month VIP mama package where we can actually start breastfeeding support while you're still pregnant. And then you have it up until, let's say we start when you're 38 weeks, then we have it, you know, you have breastfeeding support up until your baby is three and a half months old. So that, I feel like that covers such an important few stages of breastfeeding from being pregnant to first having the baby, which we didn't even go into all that. And like all the incredible things, you know, that you can do to set yourself up in the beginning for breastfeeding. I mean, that's just like a whole other <laughs> podcast episode. That yeah. We well, we'll have to, we could do a part two. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then it covers like, okay, once you guys get comfortable, how do you regulate your milk supply? How do you keep it going? And then a lot of moms, especially here in the U S they go back to work when baby is three months old. So then that allows us to talk about pumping and bottle feeding and, you know, going back to work and what that schedule looks like. So that's why I created this four month package so that you, you pay one price and then you have all the support built in. And then you also had unlimited, unlimited text support. So you can just text me your questions. And if for some reason, you know, we can't answer it via text, then, Hey, you can just book your session with me and we can just take care of it. That's very, very important to me. So I have a VIP mama package. Yeah, VIP mama package. And so we'll have links. You have a link, I'm sure, to Mm -hmm. go and find that. And we'll put that in the show notes for everyone to find. Because I think there's so many questions. You could talk about breastfeeding all day and when to pump, when not to pump, what kind of pump to use. And so those are the types of things that you um, should totally call Shay and um, ask her all the questions because I'm, I'm sure there's a whole roadmap on what you provide during that. Cause that's very, you know, what pump do I get? What, you know, should I get the one with the backpack? Now that you got ones that insert into the cup and you don't need anything at all, which that was not <laughs> something I had, which is fantastic. You know, how often do you do it? How much should they take? There's so much information. And so, um, please go and check out Shay for sure. Where can else can we find you? So you can visit my website, www.kindacrunchyshay.com, or you can check me out on Instagram at kindacrunchyshay. I love that, by the way, kindacrunchyshay. I love that name. It's so fun. Thank you. Thank you. And she has a really great reel. I was going to tell you, you did one, or at least I saw it um, when you did all the holds. Yes. It was great. I was just like, that's great. There's so many. So. There, there are so many. And what's funny is there are even still additional ones that I didn't put in there 
that I'm like, well, that'd be important. But I was like, okay, pick and choose, Shay, pick and choose. Cause you had a I, lot. <laughs> I did. I, I want to give like all the information because there's just, there's just lacking resources out there for, I know, for example, in Georgia, where I live, the breastfeeding rates are, I think it's 80% initiation. So in the hospital, they try to breastfeed and by three months, I believe it's like 30 something percent. So breastfeeding rates are not great. And, you know, especially over here in the South, the Southeast, um, they're not good. So lacking resources. So I try to put out as much great information as I can. We'll keep it coming. That was a really great one. I wanted thank to give you, so you that much. compliment and let you know it was good. So, thank well, thank you so much for, for being here and we'll have to do a part two. I'm sure we'll have lots of questions and we'll bring you back and we can talk more nitty gritty stuff. But if you want to learn about that before, then go and check out, uh, Shay's, Shay's, uh, website and her, all of her knowledge. Sounds good. Part two would be great. Thank you so yeah, much well, for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Check out the show notes for all the links that you're going to need and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.